but we'll, we're open. <laughs> Down the slide, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get right into the Word of God. How many are excited for the Word of God this, after, this evening? Good, good, good. We're in the book of Romans, and hopefully in your time of devotion, in your time of your study time, hopefully you're taking the moment to read through the book of Romans. Pastor Danny opened it up last week of speaking through Romans chapter 1 through chapter Four, chapter 1 through 4, and he did an excellent job of delivering that to us. And if you haven't heard the message, I encourage you to go back into our uh, website or our YouTube channel and go ahead and replay that and listen to it because the book of Romans is so much full of information for our lives as a Christian and for a new believer in this place here today. So we're continuing this study on the book of Romans and we're encouraged by it because as we end this summer, as we end this, Pastor Danny and I, we look to see how can we challenge the church? How can we challenge each member? How can we challenge us as servants of God? And those are, are just beginning to um, get just into the book of the Bible. The, the book of Romans is an excellent book that you could be able to challenge yourself and to be able to equip yourself as a child of God. And today, I want to continue that. I, the, the book of Romans is so much full of information. There's 16 chapters, chapters as Pastor Danny um, said that last week, and we are trying to break these chapters up. And, of course, there's so much information that we can't get to all of it, but we're picking some nuggets from these chapters to be able to deliver to you on this. And I'm so glad that when you begin to look at this, Romans has 16 chapters, and it's so dense with spiritual truth, so dense with spiritual truth where it talks about our justification in Jesus, and it talks about that we've been saved, not because of our faith, but because through who? Through Jesus Christ's grace and his mercy on our lives. And that's so powerful about who Jesus is. He forgives us. Can somebody say amen? He has grace on us. He has grace and mercy on our lives. And I don't know about you, but I thank God that we serve a God who is a God of not just two chances, but 2,000 chances. Oh, I'm the only one? <laughs> it's a beautiful book. And... We're taking four weeks every Wednesday, and we're preaching, teaching, and I feel real teachy today. You okay with that? <laughs> I want to speak to you on the subject of no longer bound. Turn to your neighbor and say, no longer bound. Turn to your other neighbor that you skipped the first time for whatever reason and say, no longer bound. I always want to acknowledge the second person that you chose because for whatever reason, maybe you're mad at them or they didn't have enough mints or anything like that. But um, we always want to acknowledge the second person that you didn't pick the first time. And what we're going to look at tonight is we're going to look in the second week, we're going to, going to cover chapter 5 through chapter 8, 
And there's so much information that you could be able to download in chapter 5, chapter 6, 7, and 8. So much. But I want to be able to, to drill to you on this subject where it's talking about no longer bound. We look in Romans, Paul addresses the problem of sin. We saw last week where Pastor Danny talked about in Romans chapter 3, where it says, for everyone has sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standards. And that means it says, not your neighbor, not the person sitting next to you. It says what? For everyone. Say everyone. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short. And I don't know what that is. We've fallen short. And I think as we are maybe either we are tenured in, in Christianity, meaning that we've been serving God for a very long time, or you've been serving God a short time. Sometimes in our lives we can be so consumed with our faults, our guilt, our shames, and our mistakes in our lives, and we could put so much pressure in our lives because we feel that Christianity or our walk with Christ should be perfect. I'm here today to tell you and to give you some good news. We're not perfect. And that's where the grace of God comes into our lives. Grace where it begins to set us free. Thank God for God's grace. We see that in the first two and a half chapters, he reveals that all have sinned. We see in the next two and a half chapters, he declares how we can be justified through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is where we begin to see this in the book of Romans, chapter 5, uh, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I'd like to talk about this justification really quick because it's very important to our lives. The blessings of justification is just not just some word that's there that Paul put in the book of Romans, but it's very important to us. This blessing of justification, as you begin to read in chapter 5 through verse 1 through 11, where it begins to talk about in verse 1 where it says, uh, peace with God. This blessing of justification gives us the peace in God. And then it begins to give us access to grace, which we stand, but also what's so very important in this what you see in verse 2 through verse 4 is that you get to rejoice in hope, even in tribulation. That's very important because here's this of, of being saved and here's this peace and this grace that God has given us. But if you've been saved long enough and you've been in church long enough, uh, how many of you know that there are problems, there are tribulations uh, in our walk with Christ? That was pretty weak. Maybe you don't go through anything. How many of you go through some trials and tribulations in your life? 
How many of you going through them right now? I'll clap for you. Maybe you're just taking notes and you can't clap. But it says, rejoice in hope, even in tribulation, that joy of anticipating uh, the anticipation of God's glory, joy in tribulation, uh, knowing even in the results of more hope, for tribulation produces a, a, a growth in our lives. And what it does, it builds character to us as who we are in Christ. This is what's so very important where Paul is teaching us this. He's telling us this. He's explaining this to us, the justifications where he's talking about God's love in our heart, God's love in our hearts. The, the insurance of our hope uh, will not uh, be disappointed, uh, poured out by the Holy Spirit. And thank be to God that the Holy Spirit is there for us. The Holy Spirit was not there to direct us. Can I tell you something? you would be lost. Without the Holy Spirit, folks, you can't function serving God. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't function what God wants to do in your life because if there is no Holy Spirit and you are trying to function on your own self, you will not make it. And this is the reason why so many Christians here today, we fail because we try to work out our own salvation. Don't tune me out now. I know the title already scared you. No longer bound by sin. My hope and my prayer to you this evening is this. Is this. That you would be set free for what has been holding you back in your life. Whatever has been holding you back. It could be small, it could be little, but I'm here today, I've known this. It could be so small, but it could be holding you back from the blessings and the benefits of what God wants to do in your life. We see salvation from God's wrath through Jesus, just as we've been justified by his blood. Saved by his life, just as we were reconciled by his death. We begin to see. Then he closes it out in chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. And he says this, The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where shall sin increase? Grace increase all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace must reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this is where I want to begin to talk to you about what we learn in chapter 6. Because now Paul begins to tell us something about sin, the sinful nature of our life. Paul begins to write about how grace and sin and how grace begins to uh, begin to forgive us of our sin. Uh, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but a lot of times people take God's grace for granted. 
A lot of times people take the grace of God as, well, I got another grace card. He'll forgive me. I'll go ahead and do it again because I know, um, I know he's not coming back today. I just know he's not coming back today because they've been saying that for the last 20 years. So I know God's grace is going to forgive me. Have you ever thought about it? What if Jesus did come back tonight and you didn't have enough time for his grace and mercy upon your life? It's okay. I knew it would be quiet today. That's why I feel real teachy today. Because anytime you talk about sin, anytime you talk about these types of things, it's very hard to swallow. But when I think about this is that when you ask for God's forgiveness and you begin to apply God's word into your life, this is what Paul is justifying. This is what Paul is saying is that we are going to have our problems. We are going to have our issues. We are going to have these types of sins in our lives. And this is where he says in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, he says, uh, well then, <laughs> well then, have you ever heard those words like, well Look what it says. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning? Shall we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? This is a very powerful verse here in chapter 6. It's literally saying, well, should I just keep on sinning? Should I keep on doing what I'm doing wrong so that I could feel God in my life? That's very dangerous. It's a dangerous statement if you're making. It's a very dangerous statement that you're playing with because on verse 2 he says, of course not. He's saying, of course not. Since we have died in sin, how can we continue to live in it? This is a very powerful portion of scripture is that since we have died in sin, uh, when you gave your life over to Jesus Christ, uh, your sin has been defeated. Uh, he destroyed it. He broke every chain. Today, many Christians may live in the position to sin as though they had the same idea as what he's talking about. Living as though there is no need to delegate uh, in overcoming sin. Perhaps the reasoning, uh, if I sin, I, I, can I can simply confess and God will forgive me. Which is the truth. So what people say is, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, he'll forgive me. I'll keep doing this, but he'll forgive me. I'll keep gossiping. I'll, I'll, I'll keep uh, 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 looking on something that I shouldn't be looking or watching what I shouldn't be watching. Uh, still talking to who I shouldn't be talking to uh, and ask for God's forgiveness. Uh, and, and believe me, he will forgive you. He will set you free. But the fact is, is that people take for granted God's grace. They take for granted of, of saying, well, I can keep on doing what I'm doing because he'll forgive me. There's just going to come a point in our life, folks, 
that you're not going to have enough time for God's grace in your life. And why take a risk on your life? Why take a risk of not having that grace and being changed forever and being free forever and allowing God to cleanse you forever and allowing God to do the work in your life forever and allow the blessings of God to fall over your life. Yet a careful study of chapter 6 reveals why so much of this is where Paul proves four reasons why we should not continue to sin. And I want to talk about those really quick uh, because I, I want to park in chapter 6 for a little bit uh, because I believe that this, this chapter 6 is so much for us. And I'll tie it into 7 and 8 and watch me unload this on you because I want you to get this with me. Is that this title of no longer bound. I don't want you to be bound uh, into the things that are holding you back from God. I don't want you to be bound uh, to the same things that you have been hindering your life for over, over, and over, and over, and over. I believe with all of my heart that tonight is the night that God will break the chains of these things in your life. Paul is talking about so much in chapter 5, chapter 6, and 7, and 8. When I first read it, I'm like, why even have chapter 5? You could have just went to 6. Here I am trying to tell Paul how to write the word of God. He had to point out the point of justification of God's grace. But the question begins to say, as we just read, should we keep on sinning? Because I think that's where a lot of us are at. I don't think you ask yourself that question, should I just keep on sinning? I don't think anybody would say that. But can I give it to you in a little bit more term that we do today in that question, should I keep on sinning today? I said it just a little while ago. Maybe you keep doing the same things over and over. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm still a babe in Christ. No, you're not. You've been saved 10 years. Should we keep on sitting? First thing is no, because we die to sin. He says this in verse 2, he says, of course not, since we have died to sin. How can we continue to live? He is saying that we are crucified with Christ 
in verse 3 and 4, I'm giving you just nuggets here. I, I can't read every verse to you here, but this is very important, and I'm going to talk about it here because Sunday is our summer bash, and something very important that's taking place on Sunday is baptism. Uh, so he says we are crucified with Christ in baptism. Uh, so when you get baptized uh, on Sunday, uh, you are burying uh, the old self. Uh, you are burying it. Uh, and when you get back up uh, and you begin to just wave your hair, like, you know, like you watch those Bible movies. I try to do, but I don't got enough hair. You know how you get baptized here all. Some of you are going to do that, watch. And we're going to video it too. We're going to play it back. All in slow-mo. But what it's saying is that your sin has been buried. Baptism is where we're, we're crucified with Christ. That baptism uh, is just not repentance. It's where we die to sin. It's not salvation. It's where we put to death our sins, our addictions, uh, our problems. Uh, we put those away, those addictions uh, that have been haunting us. Uh, I'm here today to tell you, uh, if you need to get baptized and you thought about it, get baptized. We can now walk with the newness of life. Just as Jesus Christ rose from the grave, so we can raise from baptism to walk in the newness of life. We are no longer slaves of sin. We can now live with Christ Jesus. Verse says again, should we keep on sinning? No, because we are alive to God. When we confess our sins to God, uh, when we get baptized uh, in the renewal of a new life, uh, we are alive to God. Uh, sin does not have to reign in our lives. Uh, we are dead in our sin uh, and now can choose uh, and let the power of God uh, begin to reign in our life. Uh, be a new man. Uh, be a new woman. Uh, that is what he's talking about here in this chapter. We are no longer debtors to sin. That's awesome. We see that in Romans chapter 8. Just write it down. We see that, that we are no longer debtors to sin. In Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 13, that's where he talks about. And we also see that our bodies can now be an instrument. This is what's so very important. That our bodies now, your body, my body, your neighbor's body, that we are now instruments of righteousness. Uh, we can present ourselves to God uh, as alive from the dead, uh, an instrument of righteousness to him. Uh, we can now glorify him uh, even with our own bodies of saying, God, uh, I was lost, uh, but now I'm found. Uh, I was bound, uh, but God, you set me free. Uh, I'm new. God's grace frees us from sin's dominion. Sin no longer needs to be our master. Would you say that with me? 
Sin no longer needs to be our master. Sin no longer needs to be our master. Some of us, our sin has trapped us. This is why we see an outrage of suicide. This is why we see an outpouring of loneliness and depression because that word sin has imprisoned us to not want to get away. Some folks won't even leave their house because they're afraid of sinning. Wouldn't it be amazing that you could be free tonight, you could be set free tonight, and be able to walk anywhere, go anywhere, and know for a fact, uh, without a shadow of doubt in your mind, that God is with you, the Holy Spirit is with you, and not worry about sinning and messing up, uh, and no worry about uh, going back. Uh, I'm talking about being free indeed, free from your sins. God's grace frees us from sin's dominion. The other thing is that we are to be slaves because one time we were slaves to sin. Oh no? Right? We, we were slaves to sin. Some of you were so bad in sin, I mean, it's like, what's up? You let everybody know your sin. You, you let everybody know you were bad. Don't make me keep going on here. I ain't going to get a little, little bit of time here. But this is where we now we begin to change this. Now we are slaves to righteousness. To righteousness. We are slaves to whatever we obey. Uh, grace is no excuse to sin. <laughs> Woo. Grace has no, is no excuse for us to sin. We are either slaves to sin or we are slaves to righteousness. If we continue in sin, we once again become slaves in sin. For Christians who continue in sin makes things worse in our lives each day. This is why some of us wake up so miserable. This is why some of us wake up sick to our stomachs. This is why sometimes in our lives we can come with, uh, with guilt and shame and walk through those doors, and it's hard for you to worship. It's hard to you to lift up your hands. It's hard for you to make an altar because of that shame, that sin. But thank be to God, tonight is the night that God is going to set you free. God is going to deliver you. God is going to do great things in your life. We are to serve righteousness like we once served sin. This is what takes us to the next thing. The wages of sin is what? Death. 
the fruit of slavery to sin is dead. Uh, death uh, means uh, the end of those enslaved to sin is death. Uh, such death uh, is a separation from God. Uh, but today is the day that we say no to the enemy. Uh, tonight is the night that we say no to our sins, uh, our addictions. Uh, this is where we begin to say the grace of God uh, offers eternal life. Uh, this is what I'm trying to drill into you, uh, that the grace of God uh, offers eternal life. Uh, by his grace, we have been set free from sin. By his grace, we can now be slaves to God through the continuance of his obedience. Chapter 7 shifts from the strongholds that sin had on us to be the stronghold of God's law on us. Romans 7, verse 14 and 20, because I know some of you were so pumped up like, yes, sin's going to be gone. Sin's going to disappear. Addictions are going to disappear. But Paul knew what was going to take place next. You're looking at me like, what's next? I'll tell you what's next. Romans 7, verse 14 and 20. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is the spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself for what I do, what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the, whole, the, the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I know you were confused. But let me tell you why. Because that's how you confuse yourself. You wake up in the morning and you don't want to do what you want to do. But you do it anyways. You go to work and say, I'm going to be clean-minded. I'm not going to do what I don't want to do. But you walk out of there and you do it anyways. You turn on the TV and you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to do it. But you do it anyways. 
And this is what's so very hard in our Christianity. Paul understood this. This is why in, in, uh, Paul elaborates in chapter 8. Uh, if the keyboard player can come on up. Uh, this is what's so very important is that Paul tells us uh, in chapter 8. Uh, he elaborates uh, on the freedom from sin found in Christ. Uh, I understand that you don't want to do what you don't want to do. But Paul talks about in chapter 8 that there is freedom in Christ. Uh, there is freedom in his name uh, you can break uh, the chains of sin uh, you can be free indeed in Jesus name uh, you don't have to be bound by sin uh, it may be in your DNA but the curse can be broken tonight uh, you can say that my dad was like that my mom was like that my grandfather was like that but today is the day that freedom comes in uh, break the chains of the enemy break the chains of the DNA. You are free indeed. Uh, the power of God will set you free. And I know that's us. We sit here. We sit lift our hands we say God I want to change but it's hard 